few that know the Marlins organization better than Craig Mish. He joins us now via the Brown and Krugman celebrity line alongside Hannah Yates. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. You can hear Craig Mish on the Swings and Mishes podcast. You can also find him on Twitter at his name, Craig Mish, M-I-S-H. Craig, we appreciate the time as always, man. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, as always. Absolutely. We're thrilled to have you. So uh, the reason we wanted to talk to you today, Craig, is because uh, a guy by the name of Pablo Lopez has been brought up in trade discussions. And, Craig, you've probably seen the Cardinals could really use a starting pitcher right about now. What is your understanding of Pablo Lopez's potential trade market and the likelihood that he's actually dealt before Tuesday's trade deadline? Yeah, it's really hard to say right now, and and I think that the Marlins are probably going to do their due diligence on a lot of their players just to see where they stand, but it has been my understanding that the offers or at least the asks that have come in have not been to their liking, and I suppose on the other side of that too, you know, the other teams are probably saying that the Marlins are asking for too much, but uh, at this point I would say nothing is imminent with Lopez or even with anybody else on the Marlins, and Look, part of this could be the fact that there's a big name out there or maybe even two as a possibility of being traded. Maybe teams are using that as a first priority. Uh, but naturally, at least from my end here on Miami side, I can say that I don't feel that anything is imminent. Probably not the most exciting thing to say to you guys here, but I, I, I try to keep it as real as I can. And so uh, for the moment, it seems Miami's in a little bit of a holding pattern, but obviously that will change before Tuesday. Craig, because of the reasons you listed, there have been some uh, suggestions of what the Marlins would be seeking in return for a Pablo Lopez. We've heard that maybe the team would be looking for a lefty power hitter. Maybe they're looking for a power hitting center fielder. Is there any specific position or any interest that you've heard on the Marlins end that they would hope to acquire in return? Well, uh, on the St. Louis side, there were some you know rumors, and you know never you know when it comes to this stuff, I try to get as many opinions and, and try to talk to as many people as possible on it. But, you know, before before the season even started, I thought that the Cardinals were a pretty good fit for Miami because they had two players that could play center field, one in Bader and the other, obviously, in Dylan Carlson. And I thought maybe there was some discussion with that, with Miami trying to find a way to get a pitcher from Miami to St. Louis and, and maybe the, the, the Marlins get one of those center fielders back in return. But naturally, nothing ever happened. I, I just don't see Hannah a deal right now that sits out there that the Marlins can get a major league ready center fielder back in return for Lopez or just aren't those kind of names on either expiring contracts or even long-term. I think that this is more of a deal where Miami is going to have to go back into the off season to try and find that. But if it was a prospect, then my guess is two top 100 prospects from any team that would come in have to remember Lopez still a little bit of ways away from free agency here. So I think that factors into the equation too. What do you think the Marlins' response would be if the Cardinals said one of Dil- uh, not Dylan Carlson, excuse me, Tyler O'Neill or Nolan Gorman could be had for Pablo Lopez? Yeah, I ju- I don't think so because again, it doesn't really solve the problem that they have, which is center field. They have all these corner outfielders, uh, you know, and and when you look at it with Soler, a corner outfielder, and Abisail Garcia, a corner outfielder, their young prospect JJ Bleday who they just called up, former first-round pick, more projected the corner outfielder. Jesus Sanchez, who you guys saw, obviously, in that series against St. Louis, a corner outfielder, too. So that just kind of muddles things up a little bit more. They're just hell-bent right now on finding an everyday center fielder. Ironically, they had one in Starling Marte, hmm. but they let him go uh, after you know they traded him. They, they went back on the market again for him, but they weren't able to acquire him. So... 
I, I think that the Carlson conversation is interesting in some way with Miami, and I also think that the, the Bader conversation is interesting with Miami too, but I just don't know that that would be enough for, for Lopez. I just, I just don't think so. And, and obviously you guys are familiar with, uh, you know, with the Cardinals' pr- pursuit of Soto at some point. I think that the Cardinals probably weighing in on that too before they make a decision like that. Craig, some of the big starting pitcher names on the market right now, of course, Frankie Montas, who we've we've talked a lot about today, Luis Castillo, a lot of these bigger name guys. What makes Pablo Lopez unique um, for the Cardinals fans who are listening right now to where it could be of interest to the St. Louis rotation? Yeah, so for me, and, and I've watched all three pitchers, but it, it, for me, I, I would probably have Castillo and Lopez very close to one another and then Montas a tick down, at least for me. Uh, both Montas and and Lopez have had health issues, so if you wanted to put one above all of the others, maybe Castillo gets that nod, and, and that's a guy that's always going to go deep into games. As far as what Lopez brings to the table, obviously he brings a little bit more control uh, in, in an organization than the other two, and he happens to be, as far as in my lifetime covering the Marlins, and this is going back a long way, one of the nicest players that I've ever encountered. He's just a wonderful uh, person he would be great he's not he's not going to be a raw raw guy in a clubhouse but he's certainly going to connect guys and be uh you know fit in fantastically wherever he ends up and so from my perspective that's a tough loss because as, as somebody who covers a team or is around a team i want as many nice guys as i possibly can but he's going to be fantastic there and um you know the the only the only thing that if you were to look at the other side of lopez is that he's already reached his career innings and and you guys have watched the Cardinals and Marlins play against each other with Lopez pitching for the past four or five years, and you may be wondering, well, wait a second, that's true. He's been around for a while now. What what has gone on? He's had shoulder issues in the past that has basically ended the second half of his season the last few years. So that obviously has to be in the equation for any team that's acquiring him too. You'd be taking on a little bit of risk there. Craig Mish is our guest for just another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. Craig, final question that I've got for you. Uh, I know that you are specifically tied in with the Marlins, but you're tied in with baseball people all around the league. And you you mentioned uh, the Soto conversations. There's also been some buzz today about, hey, maybe the Angels actually give consideration to listening on Shohei Otani. I'm I'm still skeptical on that. What do you find most interesting about those two specific players as we lead into the trade deadline? Yeah, it's. I think. I, I think if you look at the track record, and again, track record is not always an indication as to what's going to happen at this trade deadline. I think that would be unfair. But people who have asked me, and, and by the way, I don't think Otani goes. But in, in, as far as Juan Soto goes, and I know that. Look, obviously, the Cardinals. You know that that that's a huge get if that ends up happening. But the, the one elephant in the room, I think that we have to be cognizant of is that the trade deadline last year, Max Scherzer was almost a Met until he was a Dodger. And a couple of years ago, you know, you Darvish was not even talked about going to the Dodgers. And at 4 o'clock Eastern on that trade deadline, he ended up with the Dodgers. And if you even want to go the year before that, Manny Machado, who was not even on the radar, ended up with the Dodgers too. And so if I was a Cardinals fan, my concern would be is at 4 o'clock Eastern, Juan Soto is a member of the Dodgers, <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just like Trey Turner was. And just like, well, yeah, I mean, it seems like the Dodgers have no issues whatsoever, uh, you know, putting together these insane blockbuster deals, shaving off their farm system, and even letting their players go in free agency and just doing this constantly year after year. Hey, yes, Mookie Betts was extended, 
but there's also a history of guys who have gone to L.A. and then they just go after the year is over. And all those names that I mentioned are probably in the same category. So that would be my guess for Soto. If I was a team around the league worried about the Dodgers, that would be my concern there just based on what's happened in the last few deadlines. Craig, it's always great to catch up, man. Enjoy the next few days as we lead up into this trade deadline, and hopefully we'll talk with you again soon. Thanks for having me. Have a great one.